Hello and welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby. Thanks for tuning in. It is November 14th, 2023. Super excited to talk with y'all. So we got a lot of college football that happened over the past weekend and a lot of other news and there's a lot of a lot of stuff we can get to. So so let's dive in. Um you know, I my picks were not were not great. <laughs> it just is what it is. You know, sometimes you, you win some and have a great week and other times, you know, you, you don't do well. So I'm in a contest um, and that's where I'm getting the games from. And I went one and nine. It, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I felt felt pretty good about coming into it and then maybe just how it rolled. So thankfully for Alabama, <laughs> they got they got me pretty good. But, you know, humbly, I'm just like, you know. I'm, I'm, I still want to talk to y'all, even if I don't have a bad, even if I have a bad week, you know. So here I am. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about it. So before we get into some of the games, I mean, we've had some big news over the weekend. Um, Jim Harbaugh was, uh, well, he was suspended again, and then he had tried to, you know, have an appeal, and then had a court order trying to to get that go in. But they played without him on Saturday, and. Then, they still they still won, but that's not even the biggest news to talk about. Is that after their win on Saturday over Mississippi State, uh, Texas A&M officially lets go of Jimbo Fisher. Um, this, you know, there have been some rumblings of like if this would happen, you know, this year or not, or what this will look like. So that comes in and officially comes in, and I was a little bit surprised, not that they let him go, but just that the timing of it, you know, it sounds like they had a, uh, a board meeting on Thursday. It looks like the decision was, was made before the game's weekend, which makes more sense because they, they won by like 41 against Mississippi state who also fired their head coach as well. So not great for uh, ball coaches on that game on Saturday for either side. So the crazy part is, um, is that he's still owed $76 million and that's a lot of money. And it was a big contract. Um, you know, originally he signed, I think a 10 year deal, $75 million. And he was given, a, uh, they renewed his contract in 2021 and he to, to 96. And so he still owed $76 million, which is a lot of money. But I mean, at the time it, it, it the still, the, the feel was that at least that from what I'm hearing or just, more of just, you know, outside, you know, through like Twitter and just the feel of it is that the one that's necessarily going to slow down, you know, texting them if they felt it was the right move and they think it is. So the crazy part is, and there's a lot of places talking about this. So I, you know, I, I don't, we don't have to spend too much time on it, you know, but if you haven't heard, he does, he is owed $76 million. And so 25%, I'm getting this from uh, sports illustrated, uh, their article, but it's 25% is due, you know, from the firing. So about 19, $19.25 million. And then around $7 million will be paid to him annually through 2031. And it looks like he could even take another job if he wanted to, or he just said, but he would be paid in yearly increments of another $7 million over the next, you know, years until 2031. So that's a pretty good, pretty good paycheck for Jimbo. But, um, you know, and, and, it's interesting. It's like, do you do it now? Do you do it later? You know, there, there's feels on both sides. It looks like A and M 
you know, it seemed like they kind of knew what they were going to get from Jimbo. And, um, like he had done, a, like it was a good win for Sanders. Like they won 45 games, but it wasn't like at the standard, um, that they expect and nor that the, the resources that they're putting into this. Um, now it will be interesting once they go away from divisions, you know, um, and what, and, you know, with, um, Texas and Oklahoma coming into the mixture as well, like what that all kind of looks in because the West is really tough, but at the same time, you, you get the number one recruiting class and I think 2021. And so there's a lot of pieces going on to this, but I mean, I, I I've heard Josh Pate talk about this on late kick and, um, the field, this is like, and, and I agree, it's not a matter of like, you know, just cause they haven't like necessarily had all these trophies as compared to other people who were throwing around these types of dollars. Doesn't mean that they could do it with the right coach and the right, um, just team culture in the right way that, and, and, and getting those pieces in place because they can get talent and they just a matter of taking that step and taking that next level. And, um, especially offensively, it looks like they need to upgrade that. And, um, so it'll be interesting to see who they kind of go after. I don't, I don't have any leads on that person more than, more than the next person, but it just would be interesting. I think a couple people, I would be just, uh, and they already asked me in this press conference, but a couple people I just have admired, from afar that I think if I'm A&M, I would just look into because you have to pay the buyout. And so they're asking the donor, like donors are giving this money, but then they also pay a new coach. And so guys, I thought that I've done a really good job would be Dan landing at Oregon. And he's only in like year two, I think, but, and he was the old Georgia defensive coordinator. Um, but I thought he's done a great job and those, that team's firing on all cylinders. And I think you could still, you know, if he like, just, the way this works is you just, you have a list and you can go through and you like, you go and make the calls and see who you want, like who would maybe be interested in the job. Um, another guy could be Mike Elko. I think he's done a really good job at Duke, which is not the easiest place to win in football. Now he's a defensive minded guy. Both those coaches are defensive minded coaches. So I think for A&M, I think, um, it would be good if you go after a coach like that, you really have to start figuring out what you want to look like offensively, because what's been going over the past few years is not, um, seem like what they want to do, you know? And that was one of, uh, and then with Jimbo saying that he's an offensive guy, but he hadn't been updating or that was the, that was one of the critiques is that he, he was, wasn't updating his offense fast enough, um, or really even that much compared to how offenses have been going over the past few years so i think you could go offensively you could go for for a defensive field but then with having like a really good pick for who or knowing what the plan would be for offensive coordinator because the talent is there you know and now it'll be really interesting because now with the transfer portal when that opens how many guys jump into that and um so i think that's now it's interesting because like how will they um, like they're they're trying to beat the punch and, and and kind of get into that. So I'm I don't love the schedule of how all this works because you know you got teams fighting for playoffs, you've got teams trying to make a bowl or trying to win win a conference championship, trying to finish out the season, and then you got other teams who are firing coaches and starting to hire that process. The transfer portal will open up in December, and you just you just and also early signing day is coming up in December, and that's really the big one. There's two. There's one in February, but this is the big one. So it's just, it's too much going on for me. And I think a lot of people said that, and I just echo those, those sentiments because it's a lot. And so 
And like these coaches are just having to do a lot. So it's a big job. And, um, but I would just be curious to see who AM goes after. Cause I think if you make a move like this, you have somebody in mind or you have a very short list and have a good feel of who would be interested in the job, you know? Um, so that's, that's the short end of it, but it's a lot of money, but at the same time, A&M is ready to make moves and they like, and, and I like that, uh, Josh Payton made this distinction and I agree. So I'm not taking credit for it. I just agree with that the job is a good job. It's different than how much the program has won compared to other programs. However, the job sets up really well. You're in Texas, you're in the sec, um, financially you're they're very supportive they've made upgrades you know in all in the facilities they look great um strong tradition passionate fan base um there's a lot of talent in that area you got texas and you also have louisiana as well in your national brand um so there's a lot of things um and you get all the rivalry of stuff with Texas coming back and you've got all these different you know in your sec so there's a lot of different things you're going to give yourself opportunities and then with a 12 team playoff like who knows with that. So I, I think there's a lot to like, you know, just, you know, if you take out, you know, if you take out feelings of like, if you like AM or not, but if you look at them objectively as a job, it is a, it is a good job, you know, but the standards are higher and because of what they're putting into the program. So I'm just very interested to see where they go from there. Um, but moving on to games, we're going to talk about Michigan and Penn state. Um, this one was a big hype because, for both these teams, which is big because Michigan is coming into this game, having the not having the strongest schedule. So you're like, where do you put them? Because they haven't played the strongest schedule. And then with Harbaugh, with the whole sign stealing thing or allegedly sign stealing thing that they're trying to figure out. And there's pressure seems like being put on the big 10 to make a move. They decide to make a move. They suspend him for the rest of the regular season. Um, Harbaugh's like, and, and his team is trying to fight that, but they don't get it done in time for Saturday. And I was impressed with the way Michigan played um, for sure. And for Penn state, it was important because they already lost to Ohio state. And these two games are massive for them because they're getting ready to divisions next year. But these are the two games they had circled and we're talking about. And you had this one at home, you already lost to Ohio state um, and they lose this one 24, 15. So Michigan, I was, they didn't really have to throw the ball. Blake Corm had a great game. Just looking at his stats. He was 26 for 145, two touchdowns. They just, they controlled it and Penn state, you know, has a good defense, but Michigan was able to control the ball and they didn't have to throw it. JJ McCarthy was only seven for eight for 80 or 60 yards. Excuse me. Like they just, he managed the game. They ran the ball, controlled the game. So it wasn't, it became more defensive game with a couple scores. Um, Penn state, uh, I've just been a little disappointed with offensively. I thought they'd be, could be a little bit stronger on offense. I mean, Drew Aller was, a highly talented quarterback and in these bigger games, they just really haven't, um, he just hasn't, you know, put up the stats or put up the performance that, you know, the hype that was coming into the year. And so it'll be interesting to see where they kind of go moving forward. They fire their offensive or they fire their yeah offensive coordinator after the game. Um, Cause he was only 10 of 22 for 70 yards and a touchdown. And so Michigan, you know, they did a good job controlling them, you know, defensively and, Michigan was in control of the game for a good part of it. So uh, now Michigan is 10 and 0 and, you know, circling, they go to Maryland this week, um, which is not always the easiest place to play. It, like I think they can take care of business, but at the same time you have to be aware of them because next week is Ohio state and that's a big one. And Ohio state's looking to, 
would be, you know, highly up there too. Um, when they took care, you know, with Michigan state over the weekend. So lots of, a lot coming down to that, but, you know, based on how that kind of can feel out, you know, Ohio State Michigan could be fighting, you know, and we'll be fighting for that other uh, spot in the, in the conference championship game and giving themselves the best chance of the playoffs for sure. But uh, good victory for Michigan and Penn State is now kind of going back to the drawing board of what, what are they going to be looking like going forward, you know, trying to finish out the year and going to next year and, you know, and the question becomes kind of an off season kind of question is like, is this the ceiling really for James Franklin? You know, like 10 wins consistently, you know, getting there or just kind of being at that kind of a level, but just having a hard time getting over the hump, like not like he's winning games. He's supposed to win, but he's not, he's not losing to the teams he's not supposed to lose against, but I'm just saying he's just, he's having, he hasn't reached that next tier of like beating teams. that's you know, when you are the underdog, especially with Michigan, Ohio state. And that's the big circle for this as well, for sure. Um, Alabama goes on the road to Kentucky and they take care of business, man, Alabama, they tie up the West SC West. They'll be heading to Atlanta. Um, so they're the actually ones who punch or take it first because they beat old miss in the tiebreaker. And, and then Ole Miss lost to Georgia. So they will go. Jalen Miller had a great game. I'm just pulling up his stats as well. But I was just impressed. They really were in control of this game the whole time. And I think they're really clicking on all cylinders. And this is the type of thing that they're really starting to figure themselves out. And now they have an opportunity opportunity as to see championship and if they play georgia i mean i think it could be a close game and who knows i mean that's why you just you don't always write off like a nick saban team you don't always write off like these kind of teams when they, they start figuring it out and once they do here we go you know feels like they've lost more but the, the one loss in the sec title game they beat georgia you know they're they're probably in the playoff again and here we are we didn't think we'd be here after the Texas game where they lost, but especially after the USF game where they did not look great. Um, but that seemed to really fire them up and they're playing really well. They're, they're going to, to Milrose strength and was with his legs and then being able to extend plays and start using in the, in, in the passing game as well. Um, so they're, they're a dangerous team and the, the margins between these top teams are, are closer than in years past. So, I mean, that Nick Saban and, and his staff, they know how to win. So it's just it's a team to watch out for, for sure. Um, Texas Tech gets the win at Kansas. That's big for them. Um, Arizona, Colorado. This was a fun one I got to listen to. Arizona escapes with the win. Um, Colorado kept it close, but Arizona just kind of hanging around. You know, they're getting another good win. So shout out to those guys, 34-31 on the road. Uh, Kansas State, they take care of business against Baylor, 59-25. to Um Another one I got to watch was um, Florida State and Miami. And Miami just hung around more than I was kind of expecting to. And that's where some of these lines, like this one was like 15. I thought Florida State would be able to pull away, especially with the way that they had played offensively with Miami. Miami decides to go to Emory Jones, the backup, who ended up being Clemson when Van Dyke was hurt. And he like keeps it into a one score game. He unfortunately hurts his arm and they go back to Van Dyke. He ends up throwing an interception, but there wasn't a lot of time left. You're just trying anything you can to extend the game, but Florida state escapes again. They're in the ACC title. Um, so rivalries are big and that's where like, depending on, you know, no matter how much you feel in the game, these games are always, always close. 
So they are finishing up the season, but we're trying to see who they'll play. Uh, Louisville took care of business in a close one against Virginia on Thursday, but uh, Louisville's looking like they have a strong case to be made to be playing Florida State. So that would be really interesting in the ACC, but Florida State making a strong case to try to make the college football playoff. Um, another one out west watching was Washington and Utah. So Washington was at home. Washington's very interesting. They, they've got a good offense, but their defense has been known to give up some points, and they've always played close games. And I went into this game thinking that, okay, knowing that, but Utah is a different team on the road than they are at home traditionally. And because if this was at Utah, I'm taking Utah to cover, you know, but this was also, this is like a nine point game. And that's where like some of these ones were like Washington misses the field goal, which would have covered for me. And that's why, that's why I'd be careful when, if you are a betting person, be careful because that's, that's called a bad beat. <laughs> but, but Washington takes care of business and then they win. And even with the back of a quarterback, Utah, Utah is just very consistent, man. I just, they always know how to keep games close, you know, and there's a reason why they had won the Pac-12 for a couple years in a row. Like they're just very consistent. Um, but Washington keeps keeps on keeping on. And so now this gets interesting because they're, you know, they're 10-0. They've got Oregon State next week, which that is that's an underrated matchup. I'm even gonna look at the line. Oregon State's a two and a half point favorite at home. Oregon State's tough at home. This is a must-watch game. Like you need to watch this game. Even if you if you don't keep up with the Pac-12 as much, this is a must-watch game because Washington fighting for the playoff. Oregon's tough. And then they've got the rivalry at home with in the Apple Cup. But then there's a good chance that Washington could play Oregon again. But Oregon is sounds like they would be favored. And I I like the way Oregon's playing. So Washington, I think, needs to fit, finish out undefeated right now. And But Oregon State's tough. And they know how to control the ball and off, especially with the running game. And Washington has been having a harder time. Um, and if it keeps it close, they've just been playing a lot of close games. And you never, especially on the road, like this, this one could be tough. So I, I don't, it's hard enough where I'll go this week. Maybe I should go opposite of what I feel, right? <laughs> Whatever the opposite is, that's, that's probably what I should do this week. Um, there's Iowa shutting out Rutgers, you know, they're, they're having a hard time scoring, but they might, as, they're, they're starting to look like they could be the team representing the, the big, big 10 West in their final year. And, you know, We'll see. Yeah, Oregon State had beaten Stanford 62-17 in a big game. Uh, Georgia beat Mississippi, Ole Miss, uh, 59-20. So this one was the case of where Mississippi was able to, to, to get a couple scores, but that Georgia just kept piling it on. And then sometimes with these faster offenses, it's like if you throw them off the rhythm, they can have a hard time coming back. So I mean, to me, after this past weekend, Georgia is the number one team in the country. Like, I think they should be number one. Just they feel like the best team in the country right now. Now, that can change next week. I mean, that's where we're kind of jockeying positions. But to me, right now, Georgia's the best team. that they've Now that they've started to actually play a couple teams, some ranked teams, and especially how they've played against Ole Miss, and they, they beat Missouri, which is that's a good Missouri team, who we'll talk about in a second. They really handled Tennessee in the second half. So, I mean, Georgia seems like the best team in the country, and then they'll play Alabama in a must-watch SEC championship. That would be really fun. But Georgia, 
And then Carson Beck, like he just keeps, like, I, I keep expecting him. Like I've heard of people talk about this. I expect him to kind of falter and he just, he stays calm and just, you know, they keep chugging along and those teams, those guys know how to win. And Kirby Smart has built a really strong program over there and really, even in like a down year, you know, or just they lost a lot of talent. They, they just seem to be doing really well. Uh, Oklahoma, and I'm taking care of business against West Virginia. So at, uh, they won 59-20. Uh, so it's it's very interesting. Um, there's the Big 12. This is very interesting, especially after Texas, who Texas escaped against DCU. But it's like, who's going to be that team to play them? Is it? Is it we thought maybe Oklahoma State – Oklahoma State leaves an egg on the road. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's Kansas State. Like, I thought, like I was like, maybe it goes back to my original prediction, but a lot of teams are fighting, especially that second spot. Texas escapes. Um, like, and then they, thankfully, it seems like they have Quinn Ewers back, but um, Texas is keeping it. So they're, they're trying to fight for a playoff and they need to be, they need to win out, I would think, to make it, but they, they're giving themselves a shot. Um, and then Oregon. Like they went against USC and and they're looking really good. So and LSU man, it's a bummer for Jaden Daniels because or Jalen Daniels. I really like him. I think he's just a very dynamic player. I, what Brian Kelly's doing with him in that offense is very impressive. The bummer for them is defensively they haven't held up. So he just he should definitely be in the Heisman. Like. He should be in the finals, the final three, for sure. I don't know if he wins it. I mean, he probably would have my vote personally right now as the best player in the country and what he's meant to that team and how he's been able to keep them in games and keep it close. And because when he's out, they've shown how different they can be. It's just a bummer for them is defensively they haven't been able to stop him. So, and just, and that's why they have the three losses. So that's, that's really a very quick, um, synopsis um we've got some good games coming up next week you know we've got like i said washington that's all goes off the road to uh, oregon state you got north carolina coming in to, fl- to play clemson so that one's very interesting um just for me personally just as as i keep my eye on that one as someone in that part of the country um michigan plays at maryland now, that could be a look ahead spot i don't think it will be but that is the traditional look ahead spot before they play Ohio State. We've got Louisville going on the road to Miami. So, like, what kind of Miami team are we going to get? Louisville is a much different team on the road than they are at home. So, something to look at with there. Utah and Arizona, those are ranked teams going up. Georgia goes on the road to Tennessee. What's Tennessee's? Like, what's their demeanor like? What's their, you know, you get Georgia at home and you want to, you know, avenge that loss from last year, but then you're kind of licking your wounds, especially in that second half. And so, Georgia right now, as I'm looking, is a 10.5-point favorite on the road. So that one's really interesting. Um, Ohio State hosts Minnesota before their big matchup. That one's at home for them. Um, Kansas, Kansas State, Kansas State goes on the road. That one's a big one to watch. Texas goes on the road to Iowa State. That one's, you know, Iowa State's still kind of hanging around. So I, that would be one to watch because that could be a look-ahead spot for them you know, when it comes to just wanting to reach all their goals. And so that would keep your eyes on that. A lot of good games, you know, because next week is a lot of rivalry games for teams. And so there are some big games, but there are also some spots where teams could be in closer battles than we could expect. So we'll, we'll talk more, more breakdowns um, 
for next week, but I just want to hit it all those. So, and hopefully we can have a better week this weekend, but thanks so much for listening guys and basketball's coming up. Excited to talk about that for sure. Um, we're going to let the kind of season kind of play out a little bit more before we really start hitting that and want to finish out college football. Well, and you know, I'm a one man show, you know, here, unless I'm having guests and stuff. So, um, it, it, it just, there's only so much I can talk about. And so I'd love to, to talk about that more, but we're going to let the season play out a little bit more. So thanks so much for listening. Remember to like and subscribe. I'm on, we're on YouTube. We're on Apple podcasts, Spotify, all the, you know, overcast, like all these things. And so it's really helpful when you subscribe and especially to just help people find, find, find the show. So really helpful. So love talking sports. So thanks y'all so much for listening. And for now we are signing off.